While we work at Microsoft, this podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services. Welcome to the Device Pros Podcast. I'm Frank Pinto, and my co-host is Alfred Ojuku. This show is all about our experience as consultants implementing Microsoft solutions around the world. If you're already an IT pro or you're trying to get started, you've come to the right place. We will discuss tech success and failure in the show, resources, tips, tricks, and everything in between. You can find us at www.thedevicepros.com, on Twitter and Facebook as The Device Pros. Hold on to your surfaces. The episode is about to begin. Welcome back to another amazing episode of The Device Pros, episode number 11, and it's actually a special episode. We're going to be talking about Windows 8.1 update. I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Alfred Ojuku. Alfred, how's it going, man? Can't stop, won't stop. How's it going? You know it. Big day for Microsoft. Yes, Very excited. Um, we don't usually release podcasts this quick, and we certainly don't release them on Tuesdays. It's every other Wednesday. That's when we do it, but it's Patch Tuesday today, and Windows 8.1 update released today. So I'm very excited about it. I know you're very excited about it. I think we should dig into all the cool new stuff. Yep, I agree. All right. So, um, Alfred, you're the uh, Windows... 8.1 update man let us uh let our listeners tell our community what exciting things they have to look forward to right so here's the thing i mean i can sit here and list out all the exciting things that are coming with windows 8.1 update but just to give you a general understanding of where things are going the idea is to make windows 8.1 a little bit more of a, a people people centric uh solution where you as the user can actually use it on a desktop, a laptop, and have that sort of uh, versatility that most operating systems should have. Okay, that so, sounded like a bunch of crap. What does that mean? I don't know. You want to start over? <laughs> no, I don't want to start over. Tell me, what does that mean? It's versatility, blah, blah, blah. What does that mean? I'm, I'm Joe Schmo. I don't know anything uh, about it. Tell uh, me what it means. Huh? What does it mean? Okay. Well, it means... Basically, it means that if I have a laptop device and I have my traditional laptop on my desk, I can actually go about using my mouse like I used to and get to my start menu and my start screen and do those functions that I used to do before. If I have a Windows Store app open, I can actually close it now. I, can, I don't have to go through and drag it down. I have the option of actually going to the far right corner and hitting that X and closing out of the application. Wow. I'm really... I just need to verify... Actually, I just want to make sure all the listeners heard that you said hitting that X and not what it sounded like you actually said. <laughs> just to verify, this is a family-friendly show, folks. All okay, right. you could always you could also hit the underline. How about that? That makes it a little bit more kosher. Minimize, yes, yes, indeed. Minimize. All right. I I like I like uh, 
clicking on the X, but that's easy now. Easy, getting back towards that other the dark side there, buddy. Oh come on, you're killing me. You're killing me softly, man. Uh, All right, so uh, one thing, you know, these are some of these tweaks are minor, but when you add up all these minor tweaks, it's pretty cool. I mean, it adds up to a lot of good stuff. So first of all, we've got like the power and the search buttons on the start screen. I know it seems trivial, but it's nice to have. It's right there in front of my face. It's really easy to just, if I'm a mouse user, just roll right over and, and click it and I can go forward. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, the shortcuts themselves really give you a, the ability to control what you can do with those, those, those Windows Store icons and Windows Store uh, tiles. Basically, you can uninstall them. You can, you know, uh, shrink them, resize them, all those benefits that come with the actual um, use of those icons. And they have a right right click um, contextual menu now too, right? Yeah, I call them shortcuts, but you can call them right clicks if you want. Okay, so we have a tile on the start menu, and if we right click on it, we have things like unpin to start, unpin taskbar, uninstall, resize, and you can even turn off the lar- um, the the live tile, all from your mouse. So I think that's pretty cool because those are some you know those are some things that were difficult to achieve uh, if you didn't have a touch screen, right? Exactly, exactly. So this helps out just a bit um, so that you have the option. Another thing that you, you also see in there as well is if, if you're on the right-hand corner, if you're looking at your icons and if you have any updates, they'll show up uh, on the button that allows you to go to the additional application. So it'll say, if you have 15 updates on your store, on, on for coming from Windows Store, you'll see it says 15 updates coming from Windows Store or even uh, traditional applications installed in your machine and it'll actually allow you to, to be able to go find those applications once you pull you know pull your screen up and see those new applications that's pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah they have the the start screen has been improved with new header you got progress bars you can tap on the header to navigate quickly I really like when you're looking at the all apps you have different sort options now so when you click that icon to move down to see your all apps area, Right next to the word apps, there's a drop down. So you can list things by install date, by name, uh, you know, new apps. So it's really easy to uh, organize that list in a way that's pretty simple to see and pretty simple to use. So, um, you know, that's just another another cool feature that's been thrown in, I think. Right. And you also mentioned just the wider columns themselves and in the all apps menu, that is what I mean. And the new header and progress bar designed to tap on the header and allow you to navigate quicker. Quicker. Did you mention that? I don't think I did, but but you did. So thank you. Yep. So it's just the idea that you can organize things just a little bit better, right? If you if you if you treat it like um, you know being able to file things away, being able to have them sort of grouped based on the type of application you're looking for, the benefits are showing up now. You're starting to see why this is such a great you know interface to work with and the customizations are such a big deal they're very helpful well one of the other things speaking of that one of the other things that is done in update is the store icon now appears on the taskbar and that really comes from the idea that people use what they can see so by default we place that icon on there so that users know that they can go to the store right from there and they can find applications that are going to make their device personal to them. I like that. Yep, I I think that's great too. So there's also new taskbar 
options. For example, you can have, when you open either a modern app or your traditional applications, you can have them all listed on the taskbar on the bottom. That can be turned off group policy or manually by the user, but it's just a checkbox in the notification area to show apps on the taskbar or not. Right, and you can also control it using the, the right-click um, option on the taskbar itself, like you mentioned. Um, and just being able to you know, click, uh, select a checkbox that basically either turns it on, says show my start menu icons on the, desk, on the start taskbar or not. All right, so this is a big one. And I know a lot of people have asked and complained and talked about it and all this stuff. Why don't you tell us about the changes to the default boot behavior? The default boot behavior. I was going to let you tell about it. I'm a big fan of that. Just yeah. All right. I'll take it. No problem. All right. So the machine itself, the the um, currently with Windows 8.1, what would happen when you boot up any device is it goes to the new start menu. And we had a lot of complaints about that. So what we did was we added in a WMI query. It's actually configured by your OEM to let the operating system know what kind of device you're utilizing. And if you're utilizing a desktop with no touch interface, then it will go straight to the desktop. If you're utilizing a touch interface, it will go to the start menu by default. Now you can change that. If you're using a touch device and you prefer to go to the desktop, it's a checkbox. You can change that. When you close down a modern application, you can have it go right back to the start menu on a touch device by default, or you can have it go to the desktop. So we've really given some flexibility in there, and I think that's a big win for enterprise users. I think they'll really appreciate that feature. What about you? What do you think? Hey, I, I'm actually looking forward to counting the number of times you use the word like flexibility or PCIT, because this is what it's all about, right? This is all about making sure that you have as a user or a consumer, you have the ability to take advantage of what's going to be helpful for you, regardless of the type of device you're on. All right. IE11, was there anything done there? Yeah, a bit's been added to IE11. One of those was being able to be able to re report website problems. So basically, they've added it to page tools so you can easily just report any non-compatible issue or non-compatibility issues or just basic problematic sites that's the other benefit you get there in addition to that you also have uh it makes it easier to uh, for for access to internet options so if you need access to internet options on the the ie11 uh app you you have that option available as a right click uh ability all right i think we're going to talk about a really cool feature the enterprise uh mode a little bit later. SkyDrive is now OneDrive. That's pretty cool. New features there. Uh, we can force OneDrive to sync. OneDrive status in the system tray. You can make all files offline or online. You can pause OneDrive syncing. You can view the status. You can check the files that are shared publicly really easy by looking in the status on the tiles. Really made some, I think, some significant enhancements to the OneDrive feature set. You know what's funny? What what I've done with SkyDrive, which I uh, not SkyDrive used to be SkyDrive, right? Um, <laughs> OneDrive is the basically made it sort of a secondary or backup 
uh, solution for my documents. So basically anything that I feel that I might need on any device, I place it into my my into my OneDrive, you know, folder structure, hmm. right? So I still have my my personal desktop configuration with desktops and videos, pictures and all that stuff. But then I also have a OneDrive structure which has you know, my, I call it my keep it forever stuff, hmm. but these are things that I'm going to need regardless of what device I'm, I'm in. And I can also configure it so that uh, something like my pictures, for example, um, is shortcutted to the location of where my OneDrive is, right? So anytime I add a picture there, anytime I add a picture there, I can actually uh, have it uploaded directly to OneDrive and make it available for use on any device so that's also really cool because now i can do that across all my devices yeah so the way i here's how i do my 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 workflow goes i don't keep any any documents on my device at all <clears throat> well kind of so i use my onedrive pro that's all my business documentation anything to do with work that's where it lives and since it synchronizes and caches down there it syncs really easy so whether i'm using my surface or my laptop or even my desktop at home um, i can get all that information i can use all my work stuff from my onedrive pro all my personal documents i keep in my personal onedrive so i have this on my laptop you know i have a um, lenovo x1 carbon take that with me wherever i go and i have uh all the all my documents at my fingertips really whatever device i'm on i can get to all of my stuff and i don't care you know if my well i would care i guess if my laptop broke or someone stole it but i won't lose my documents and that's that's the key right so the other feature i think you mentioned it uh, quite briefly is just the sync feature that's built into both the OneDrive app as well as the file explorers uh, configuration where you can actually sync your folders if there are any changes that you've made from a different device that data then gets pushed back up to your OneDrive folder structure automatically which is cool yep and there's even um, so they they actually have changed the icons on your taskbar or your system tray so that you know what the status of OneDrive is. So there's three different icons now. One that's just the clouds and it's that means that everything is up to date. One is a cloud with a little blue sync icon on it. Obviously that's transferring. And then there's a cloud with an exclamation point and that's a warning. Like you have a file conflict or you can't connect to OneDrive and so we can't sync or something like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. So another big change, uh, again, that's really cool. I like, really like those features in OneDrive. Another big change that we see uh, that I, I know that's coming is the Xbox Music app, right? So oh. with that, I can basically pin some of my artists and my playlists to the actual start screen, right? So now I have the ability to see those people uh, and just click on that icon so I can actually go to that music or that album, whatever it is. Oh, right uh, on. Right so... I'm sure you already pin your favorite band, the Spice Girls, on on your desktop. They're all over it, baby. All <laughs> over it. Yep. Sweet, sweet. So, um, I even have Spice Girls drag and drop songs and albums to edit um, my playlist, so I have that ability too. So that's also built in. Wow. Mm -hmm. All right, and then um, there's a there's a, there is a new touchscreen to talk about touchscreen a little bit. There's a new touchscreen feature, and they actually demoed it at Build. Um, so the new touchscreen feature is called a tap and a half. Um, it's basically, 
you tap two times, but on the second tap, you hold your finger down, and that gives you um, on, on either an icon or some text or an object or whatever, and then that gives you the ability to drag and drop. So you're selecting, so you, you tap once, put your finger on it the second time, it's just like a double click or double tap. Um, so you tap on it and you hold it, and then you can, you know, scooch it around or select text or, you know, whatever you want to do. So that's a new touch feature that was added in. How, how does it actually work? Cause, well, you I mean, take I've... your finger and you put it on the touch screen two times. How about I just give you the finger so we can move on? <laughs> I, I'm glad that we are, you know, uh, say 3,000 miles apart because I'm not sure if you're showing me a finger, but, you know. Well, I'm, I'm using that finger to tap, so <laughs> that makes you feel better. Much better. Much, much better. All right. Moving, moving on along, mate. All right. So uh, another feature, big big deal is the I think you mentioned earlier, Internet inter Enterprise Mode, Internet Explorer. So what's See, that I, all about? I mean, I've heard a lot of stuff about this. What what really is that going to do for us for businesses? So basically, for businesses, uh, the IE11 provides uh, improved IE8 compatibility and tools to manage uh, websites and web apps that you need. Basically, control uh, the the functioning of how an application uh, needs to to render on a specific browser um, within your enterprise. So it changes the user string so that when I go to a particular website, that website thinks I'm IE8. Yeah, it, the user agent string, correct. Oh, the user so, agent. That's it. Okay. Right. So it, it basically takes on the the impression that it, it's a different browser, and then allows that application to function. Um, and then when you switch back to your normal app or your normal um, website, it, it returns back to the normal um, browser that you're using your user agent stream. So this is completely controlled. There's a list in group policy. So if I'm an IT administrator and I know that I have <clears throat> these five or six apps that are that need the enterprise mode or IE8 mode, or I guess it's not mode, IE8 emulation, I can set up... Uh, the list of websites, and if I go to this one particular website, it opens up using that IE8 emulation mode, but if I open another tab and I go to a site that's not on that list, it uses the standard IE11 mode, and I get all the current features of using IE11, right? Right, and then again, that also encourages the idea that when you're deploying either Windows 7 or Windows 8, you, you should definitely be thinking about deploying IE11 so that you can not only take advantage of the latest features that are, are being uh, integrated into IE11, but also deal with the compatibility challenges you might have with your older applications. And you, you know what, you just mentioned... Windows 7, and that's a new feature, Internet Explorer on Windows 7 is now available and supported. So I don't think that was available previously. Nope, that's right. Yeah, that's cool stuff. So Alfred, I want to tell our listeners about ITPro.TV. ITPro.TV is a way to prepare for your certification exams. Basically, it is a training that is held online, live, and all those sessions are recorded so that you can go back and watch the sessions over and over until you understand the material. What do you think about ITPro.TV? You know, I was actually just checking it out the other day, and I thought it was pretty rad what they were doing. 
a couple of guys up there just basically telling you about certification. And I was able to watch one session, was really excited and really looking forward to going back to see it again. You know, I've watched a couple of the sessions now. It's They're funny, actually. It's, it's very relaxed. It's easy to understand. They make me laugh when they're going through the session. And because it's live, you actually see any little imperfections. They don't do things like... Uh, recorded and then edit out all the little imperfections and stuff. It makes it feel more realistic. And I really enjoy that. Yeah, I thought it was really cool that while it was live, they have a chat window open. So you, you can actually interact with the host while they're giving the training if you have questions. And even if you watch the recorded sessions later, they do have a forum where you can post questions and the host will come back and they'll answer those questions later on. Yeah, no, agreed. And I think, you know, what makes it different from a lot of the other sessions that I've seen in the past mm. is that they really break down the material and talk about it with you as if you were actually implementing it. And they have stories around each one of those. Plus, they have guest speakers. So it's nice to see a variety of people covering the different topics and giving that, you know, ownership to what the subject is and making you feel like you are part of the conversation. Well, you know I think why? it's a great option. Yeah, I do too. But you, you know why it's like that? Because they're not just teachers. They're actually IT professionals that have worked in the field. So they understand what it's like to take the knowledge and then put it to use out in the field. It's pretty amazing that they have these very well-rounded people that are certified teachers delivering this course material. Uh, so far, I've been very impressed. Yep. I think. So what do I need to do if I, I mean, if I'm interested in it, like what... What are, what are some quick ways to actually get involved in, in, in the IT Pro? All right. Well, I think the fastest way is to go to our website, www.thedevicepros.com forward slash IT Pro TV. When you go to the site, you'll see some information. We show you a little bit of details about what IT Pro TV is and, and who they are, what they do, the certifications that they're offering currently, CompTIA, Microsoft, Cisco, ISC Squared. So you get a little bit of info about it, and then you have a link to the site. Now, one thing you definitely want to take notice of, their regular price, which, and I think the regular price is a very good deal, $57 per month, unlimited access to all of the course material. In fact, did you know that they actually include for free when a new bit of information comes out on the course, like when we're switching from Windows 8 to Windows 8.1? That's included for free. Wow, that's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, no additional charges, which is unfortunately what I'm used to with other providers. So it's $57 per month. However, for our listeners, they provided us a special offer code. It is the device pros, one word, lowercase, for 40% off of their regular price. That's for the lifetime of your account. That drops the price down to $33.20 a month. Wow. That's amazing. That is so cheap. I mean, I've spent... Have you ever been to a boot camp? I've been to a boot camp and went through the training. $6,000 is what it cost me for a week's worth of training. These guys give me unlimited training, a range of topics, a range of vendors for $33.20 a month. They do it in a fun way. I'm excited and I really think our listeners need to go take a look. They do have free trials so you can take a look and see what's going on. See if you like the sessions. I encourage everybody to go take a look at it. And the last thing I think is really cool that they do, they have a Roku channel. So if you have a Roku box, you can actually stream the videos and the pre-recorded content, the live sessions, right on your television. I don't know of anyone that does that. Do you, Alfred? 
Well, no, I, I mean, I don't typically use Roku, but I'm definitely interested in finding out what it can do and how it can actually be used in this scenario. Yeah, I mean, it, it just allows you to watch it right over your television instead of having to be in front of your computer. So you could be using your computer for taking notes or gathering information while you're watching the live stream or the recorded content on your Roku box. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm excited. I think it's a great opportunity. I think it's a great opportunity, too. And to be completely transparent with our listeners, this is what's called an affiliate marketing program, which means that every listener that signs up, we receive a generous commission from ITPro.TV. That will really help the device pros because right now, Alfred and I are taking the money out of our pockets for the hosting and the bandwidth and the media and all the things that allow us to bring this content and information. So help us out at the device pros. Go take a look at itpro.tv. If you don't like it, don't sign up. Let us know. Please feedback to us if you're happy with the program. So far, I've been very happy, and I think that you will too. So come take a look at www.thedevicepros.com forward slash itprotv. Get our offer code, the device pros, and get 40% off of the already low price. Excellent. Yeah, geeking out a little bit. What can I say, man? It's awesome. <laughs> so Microsoft also talked about something called Lean Windows. Do you know very much about that? What what really is going on with that? I know a little bit. Um, I can share with you what I know. So basically, it enables Windows to boot to a WIM file. I'm using a compressed WIM. Uh, the, the, and it basically decompresses the file as it goes. Okay, so this is based around using devices with small SSDs, like exactly 16-gig exactly. SSD. So I have a Windows is running inside of a WIM, and it pulls out the files that it needs to run Windows at the time, right, whatever it's, it's utilizing, and then it puts those files back and grabs other files as it needs. So it's sort of on the fly to keep Windows footprint really small. Right, and it's it's a it's a read-only WIM um, from what I, from what I understand. So the files are stored in the WIM file and basically has this ability to dynamically decompress out of the WIM file as it needs. Right, exactly. Now to be a little silly, I love the I love the new acronym that they're using. It's called the Windows Overlay Filter, or WAF. That's your middle name. <laughs> so, yes, with Windows 8.1 Update 1, you too will have WAF. <laughs> love it, love it, love Very it. Very excited it. about that. Very excited. So there are some requirements, though, when you when you want to utilize this boot to whim. First is you have to be running a computer that is UEFI firmware. It will only run on UEFI native devices. Exactly. Uh, second, they did have to update the ADK. So there's some new stuff in the ADK that will help support this um, feature set. So you can actually that's, create and deploy to a WIM, your custom image. That's um, 8.1. 8.1 update. So there's update. Yeah, so there's yet another version of the ADK, brand new ADK release. Minor updates, but they're in there. And it's only applicable for the client SKU, from what I understand. So, yep. you know, server SKU, you won't be able to see it, but on the client SKU, you should be able to take advantage of it. Yep. And if you're familiar with install WIM, um, which is probably located on the SSC, you'll be able to use that. So OEMs are customizing that uh, and you using it in what we call the custom WIM itself. 
Oh, okay. So it keeps all the OEM stuff in its own separate whim so they don't have to adjust the main whim. Exactly. Nice. Exactly. All right. And then what ties directly in with this um, lean windows is lean RAM. And basically what that means is you can have PCs running one gig of RAM instead of two gigs of RAM. And it's just, it, it's basically a more aggressive way to manage the memory that's that's utilized in Windows, so it uh, suspends the store apps more dynamically. It saves its data off. It's you know sort of quick, and they force close more apps. Uh, although it still responds very quickly when you pop open another app, uh, it basically is just being well more aggressive and taking care of what the memory is utilizing. There's a new policy that will flush desktop apps out of. Um, out of memory quicker so desktop apps will be minimized after 10 seconds when you switch to a modern app so that's going to help you know move the uh, prioritization of the RAM to the application that you're using and not one that's minimized so that's a big deal um, they are minimizing or they're making good utilization of the page file to help add a little bit of additional RAM uh, you know virtual RAM to the system um, you get faster user switching, uh, which which is part of the normal version of Windows, and, and in this version of Windows, uh, it's disabled on you know for the for the reasoning that we only have a gig of RAM, right? So we need to manage that thing really well. Right, and then lastly, is just the IE memory optimizations. Um, again, with the lean RAM, with the IE memory optimizations, optimizations you can take advantage of that on a device that has one gig or less of ram so that's also a big benefit as well sweet so i want to tell all of our community members here there are four ways to install the new update so let's talk about those four different ways there and there's one important thing to mention as well so the first thing is that um you know, this isn't, this is not like a service pack, right? This isn't a, you know, mega testing, checking, verifying. This is a bug fix and feature enhancement kind of an update. So we're not, this isn't the traditional um, service pack release that we really are familiar with in IT. And we really have to do a lot of work to prepare and release this, this update. So, First installation option is through Windows Update itself. Today is April 8th. It's Patch Tuesday. It's available today. Get it. Got it. Good. <laughs> All right, you read my mind. <laughs> <laughs> so first you got to be running Windows 8.1. Otherwise, obviously, you don't get the update. Um, then there is a KB that has to be installed, and if you go to Windows Update, it'll it'll check that and it'll automatically install it for you. It's KB two nine one nine four four two. When that is installed, it makes the Windows eight point one update become available. So then you get the Windows eight point one update, automatically installs it, um, and then there are three supplemental patches that come down after you do the Windows 8.1 update. So that will all happen automatically in the correct order when utilizing Windows Update. Option one. Why don't you tell everybody about option number two? Option number two? Yep, it's one more than option one and one 
less than option three. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you about option number two, which is the... Um, it, so option number two is really the uh, installing it using, again, the same process, the install options where you just install the actual um, 8.1, the single language 8.1 KB2919442. So and in this scenario, we only have a single language we're supporting in the OS. Exactly. Okay. Only one single language. And yep. and uh, basically you just by double-clicking on the file. And that basically starts the install process. And it will prompt you to reboot your mission, restart your system. And once it's been restarted, then you'll get the option to install the, the Windows 8.1 update supplement file, which is uh, KB2919355. So these are standalone updates. We can download them. <clears throat> I think they're on MSDN. You can download them instead of using Windows Update and run it manually. Exactly, exactly. All right. So you, you get all the benefits of that. Option number option, three. Yeah. Go ahead. No, you tell me. No, okay. I'll, option three is just, you know, again, going back to the multi-language option, right? So in in the in the multi language option, these are for the for those of you that have multiple languages that use them, you uh, you would have to obviously have RTM installed initially, and then you'd install the language pack. First thing you'd have to do install the language pack. Once you have the language pack installed, then you'll be able to install the same patch nine you know two nine one nine four four two. It doesn't matter if it's thirty two or sixty four bit, um, and you'll still be prompted to restart your system. And then lastly, you'll have to do the update supplement file, which is the 2919355. Sweet. Well, I made you do number three because I want to do number four. <laughs> That's why I kind of... <laughs> yeah, I had a master plan. <clears throat> so to address all of our good friends out there who deal with imaging in the community, I am a Windows, Microsoft Windows imaging guy at heart. We have really two options. So if you have a custom WIM that you already have created for your enterprise, you can do an offline image servicing. And using DISM, um, we can basically mount the image, apply the package uh, using the add package command, apply the different um, patches that we talked about, and I'll post this up on the, on the um, show notes. So you apply the, the couple of packages in the right order, and then you unmount. And save changes. Bam. Done. Gotta love that. Yeah, this, that's awesome. Yeah, so of course this works for MDT or Configuration Manager, either one, because it's just, you're just, you know, affecting the custom whim that you've already created. And then option 4A, if you will, if I may, uh, would be to take, let's say you're using MDT and you've already built up your task sequence. So you have your task sequence all ready to go. Uh, we do have media that's available, Windows 8.1 update media. So it's built into the media. So you can do your normal process of importing the new media, go into your existing task sequence, remove the OS version that you have there right now, put the new media version in there, and let the task sequence run. And you have just baked a new image with Windows 8.1 update. Nice. Nice. Very nice. I know. Okay. I can tell how impressed you are with, with my uh, OSD imaging. Here's, here's, here's my challenge for you. What's the, uh, let's see if you can figure this one, with this one out. Okay. What is the, the, um, the version number of Windows 8.1 update? 
See if you can figure that one out. So there are a couple ways to get that information. <clears throat> if you want to know if a machine is already running Windows 8.1 update, first you can do it through the GUI. For our old time buddies here that are that are listening to this podcast, every one of us should know something called MS Info 32. Old school, still true to the true to the Windows baby. Yeah. All right, so. You kick off at MS Info 32, and in there you'll see a um, the hardware abstraction layer. There's a version number. If you're running version, here we go. It's a long number, 6.3.9600.16500. If you're running that version number, you, my friend, are on Windows 8.1 update. Uh, at least that version, right? Because yes. there's versions past that that you know many of us are probably running too so at least that version all right so let me ask you this mm -hmm. i just talked about the gui way is there any other way to identify it <laughs> if i go to my systems file and look at the actual <laughs> the settings on my my device if i go straight to uh my well that only shows me 8.1 enterprise darn yeah, yeah, so that's close. right. That's right, buddy. How mm -hmm. about if I give you a hint? Yeah, why don't you give me a hint? All right. Can we use DISM to identify that? Yeah, you can use DISM. That's for you, you know, the, the, you uh, command line gurus, right? You can actually, you know, get package and do a DISM command and get all that information um, to see exactly whether or not those actual packages are installed in the system or not. Oh, well, that sounds pretty good, too. Yeah. Well, I think we have shared with the community, with our listeners, with our good friends, some pretty exciting new features. I mean, I'm I'm running it already. I've already installed it. Feeling pretty good about it. I've got four machines. Put them on all four already, uh, and and everything's running, you know, perfectly fine. So it's it doesn't really feel like a big deal update to me, but it's it's running. Great, and I've got my new, all my new features, which I'm enjoying. Uh, as I'm talking to you here, Alfred, I'm closing windows and using that X uh, to close those windows. <clears throat> or minimize. well, I think the, the, this excitement for me about this is it just seems to make sense. It makes things much more comfortable, much easier to use, and just you know, just gives you that user-friendly feel. From anything from your desktop icons all the way to your start screen or start menu, yeah. just being able to control just a little bit more. And every single time you get that much more control, the easier it is to use that, that device. I think this is a good demonstration of Microsoft listening to its users. Um, mm -hmm. You know, maybe it was just a little too far, a little too fast with Windows 8 and Windows 8.1. And... Everything I, yet is I, not touch enabled, so I, I think you know they listened, they paid attention, they heard a lot of feedback, and they said, "Okay, um, you know, we're going to add some stuff back that you guys have been asking us for." Right, I, I see it as more of a natural evolution, right? Because you know, huh? remember as things got started, many of these devices that we had were not, like you said, were not touch enabled, and then all of a sudden you start, you saw the start ribbon, the 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 actual ribbon show up, the ribbon menu, hmm. just giving you more flexibility on those touch devices. And now more and more apps are being created so that they have that touch feel to them, that they're easier to use in large screens and small screens. Yeah, that and modern interface. That's such a big deal, and I think that's where the excitement comes in. 
I love using, so my, my X1 Carbon is a touch. And, you know, it's amazing um, <clears throat> that I just sort of integrate. I, I do it without thinking about it. You know, if I'm typing a Word document, I'll type, type, type. You know, I'll be typing away on my keyboard. And then, oh, man, I, I misspelled that word. I, my my hand just jets out to the screen immediately, you know, and I'm pressing on that that word with the underline to change it to the right spelling or if I want to highlight or bold or whatever. When I go to a machine that does not have a touch interface anymore, it really confuses the heck out of me because I'm, I'm, <laughs> I got my finger on the screen. I'm like, darn it. Why isn't this working? Oh yeah. Touch. Yeah. That's what I said. I have a SS, S2240T screen and I have a W520, which is no, doesn't have a touch screen. Uh-huh. I consistently find myself trying to touch that W520 and realizing it's not going to do anything. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. um, smaller devices, larger devices, all touch enabled, easier to, you know, function on them. Big deal. Yeah. I was sitting on the train today doing a document for a customer as I was coming back home. And as I was, uh, my laptop, you know, it's clamshell, but it's touch. So it's open and I'm, you know, I'm typing and I start touching the screen and the lady next to me started asking me questions. Did you, is, is that touch? <laughs> she was totally interested in, you know, like yeah. what I was doing. So I wanted to explain the whole thing, you know, and she goes, wow, that's so cool. And I was like, yeah, that, that is pretty cool. Thanks, Microsoft. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So just a quick recap. We covered with the, the update is available today. Patch Tuesday is a couple ways you can actually install it. There's a lot of new features that you're going to see in the start menu, start screen, a lot of new customizations, just more control for you. And just, you know, just want to make sure you realize that there's a lot of lean features also added to the memory configuration, as well as just your ability to deploy it in much easier fashion. Lean Windows, lean RAM. There you go. All right. Well, as we wrap up the episode, I wanted to mention, if you have not taken a look at the website, we made some changes on the site. So please have a browse around. We have set up three uh, partnerships with three companies. That is Blueberry, Bluehost, and ITPro.tv. I uh, should have been BlueITPro.tv. <laughs> <laughs> We've set up partnerships with those guys because that's that's who we use. Um, Bluehost is our website host, and Blueberry is our media host. Um, and I'm extremely happy. I've, I've put a nice little write-up in there under the resources section, so have a look. If you are thinking about starting a podcast or thinking about opening a new website or a blog, please use our affiliate link. It's the Device Pros. Any of those options, it's just the Device Pros, all one word. That will get us a nice little commission to come back in, so you'll be supporting the Device Pros, which we will really appreciate. And, um, and, you know, feedback. If you if you have a great experience, you want to know about it. If you have a bad experience, I want to know about it too because um, I, I I guess I'm really particular about, you know, what I want to attach our name to. And the only reason why I've selected those three is because we've been really happy with their with their stuff. And then, of course, ITPro.TV, they're adding all kinds of cool things all the time. There's so many new features that come out uh, regularly. They're doing all kinds of really great things, including um, some practice exam partnerships that they have now too so not only do you get the training you know the live training and the forum stuff but then you even get some uh, measure up style exams so check them out thanks for listening everybody another really good episode hope that you enjoy it windows 8.1 update go get it today april 8th episode number 11 coming to a close alfred signing out see you guys on the flip side see ya 
that wraps up another amazing episode of the device pros we appreciate you tuning in and participating we'll be back in two weeks with another incredible episode helping the technology community one podcast at a time we want to hear from you our loyal members so please reach out on our website thedevicepros.com or the device pros on twitter and facebook for now be good to your technology and remember the nsa is watching See ya! While we work at Microsoft, this podcast is independent of Microsoft and implies no warranty or guarantee of the products or services. We will not be sharing anything confidential, and we do not represent the opinion of Microsoft in any way. We are just two passionate guys that love what we do implementing Microsoft devices and services.